0: Copywriting techniques and approaches for B2B companies with Eden Badani. The Strategic Marketing Show is brought to you by Insights for Professionals, providing access to the latest industry insights from trusted brands, all in a customised, tailored experience. Find out more over at insightsforprofessionals.com. Hey, it's David. You may have a great marketing strategy you may have embraced the most effective tactics. But if you don't know how to explain what your company or product does in a clear and powerful way, nothing else matters. Today I'm having a conversation with a lady who helps SaaS tech and IoT companies from pre-seed to enterprise acquire more customers and more profitability through powerful conversion copy and messaging. She has over 12 years of experience working in direct sales and conversion copywriting and is the founder of Greenlight Copy. All right, welcome to the Strategic Marketing Show, Eden Badani.
1: Hi, David. Thanks for having me here
0: today. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Well, you can find Eden over at greenlightcopy.com. Um, so, how does copywriting bring a marketing strategy to life?
1: So, great question uh, to kick this off with. So, the where market where copywriting really ties into marketing is again, it's copywriting is a copy is an interface between what we have to, between our marketing strategy and then what the users actually experience, what their experience is of that marketing strategy. So copywriting, again, copywriting has a much bigger role to play than a lot of people realise. A lot of people say, people don't read online, or people say, but well, everyone just watches videos or, you know, it's TikTok, it's YouTube shorts, it's everything like that these days, no one actually reads. It's only when you actually take copywriting away or copy out of a marketing asset that you actually realise that it's very, very hard to actually communicate those key message that you want people to to take away with as a result of interacting with your marketing. So it's not just here's a headline, here's a subheading, here's some bullet points explaining what you know what the offer is. It's actually what messages do we want our target audience to have in their head as a result of engaging with this? What do we want them to take away with? What kind of impact? Do we want them to, do we want to move them from one stage of awareness to another? Again, not every marketing campaign is going to result in direct leads, but often it's, if it's a brand awareness campaign, for example, what do we want them to feel or what's that impact, what's that end result on them that we want to have, what's that shift in their understanding about the company that we want to see as a result of having them interact with these marketing assets or what or if you if you are looking to generate, again, those um, specific metrics, are you, what kind of results, what kind of conversions are you looking to drive as a result, or what? What again, as I mentioned, what stage of awareness would you like people to be in as a result of having interacted with the marketing? Mm-hmm. So it's it's not as simple as saying like something copy should be long or copy should be short, or it just or a copy is just words on a page. It is that medium for where that people interact with, and that's how they understand. Who you are, what you do, what your offer brings to the table, how you can help them, um, and without it, it's it's very very tricky to get that across, even in the space of a even in the space of video.
0: I mean, it's certainly important, but I guess the challenge is that some marketers don't understand or really embrace the importance of it. I would think that some strategy professionals, some marketers that love video, for example, just might not get too excited about written copy? How how do you add that excitement and make people aware of how important it is?
1: So actually, so the one of the first things is just to that point exactly for all, everyone who and I, I am also a big believer in video. Just because a video exists doesn't mean that copywriting doesn't. There's no need for copywriting anymore. Copywriting is what writes, writes the script and directs the narrative of the of the video so that they that they actually achieve the purpose that we want them to achieve in the first place. But just to that point, we you see there's actually a marked increase in engagement from videos, for example, that have the subtitles. Or that have captions automatically generated with them as a result, simply because not everyone wants to listen with the sound, or not everyone wants to listen. You know, people like to read as much as they do like to watch at the same time. So that's actually something that's really interesting. So if you think that the copywriting doesn't actually matter, try pushing out a video, one with subtitles, you know, one with captions, one without. And usually the engagement on the without with the captions is much, much higher because people are actually reading and making sure that they're grasping the full context of the video or what all the messages that are being shared while they're actually watching the people talk at the same time so to to answer that I'd say look at all, all we need to do is actually look at what's currently happening in the world I mean with the availability of so many different devices so many different platforms so many different avenues for connection and communication with our customers people at this point in time they are so they're so fragmented they Attend, their, ability, their attention spans are very much fragmented. They're easily distractible. They've got 3,001 things happening in their lives simultaneously, not just even in the content that they're viewing on these different social platforms and mediums that they're using. You know, it could be email, social, or even just as they're, they're browsing their very favorite blog. They've got so many different distractions and things happening at the same point in time, and they've got things that are happening in their life in general that happening in the background as a whole with these five minutes that they're now browsing social. So you have to have that understanding of what of how you're able to connect with them in the shortest possible amount of time. And creative messages are great and they can deliver a big impact, but they take a lot of time for people to process. Uh, Strategic messages, they're great and they can also deliver a big impact, but not everyone in that five minutes of time that they have is in a position to buy right their second. So, or you're targeting people. Often, the strategic marketers are really targeting people that are really looking to buy right the second. The creative ones are looking to make an impact. But they, but the people that you're trying to speak to literally have these maybe five minutes of their time that they're that they're spending, or that they ha- that you have this window of opportunity that's only five minutes big in either perspective. And that people might not be in that right frame of mind to purchase. They might not be in that right frame of mind to process a really creative message because it takes a lot of time to actually digest that message and absorb it in the middle of what they're actually doing in that five minutes on the platform in the first place. So copywriting we find is that it's the shortest way. It's the, actually the fastest way to communicate who you are, what you do, why you're awesome at it in the shortest space of time. If you can, can have that crunch down into one to two sentences, it makes an instant impact with someone. They understand who you are and what you do, even if they then keep browsing past your message, keep scrolling through the feed, keep watching other videos. You've made an impact. You've been able to reach them and you've got a message now stuck in their head. And that's a message that they can keep carrying with them throughout the rest of the day beyond. Like when they leave the platform, that's a message that they can take with them in their mind. So the creative message, it takes a lot of time. The cognitive cognitive load is high. It takes a lot of, high. It takes a lot of time to process it. They might not have processed it enough to be able to take the impact of that, the true impact of that away with them in that little slice of time that they had. The same for the the more strategic marketers who are really focused on performance might not have had that there if they saw that you were pressed too hard to push them to buy right now. A lot of people will be saying, "Well, I'm not interested in buying right now," and they will actually dismiss the message without actually looking at the bigger impact of what you're trying to express. So copywriting is able to to marry the best of both worlds in that sense so you do end up achieving performance because you're able to get it stuck literally inside someone's head with one or two sentences that keep bouncing around in there you're able to be held there and there and they're so conscious so when they are ready to buy you the first name that comes to mind um, and same with creative you have a mess that message has gotten through so it has made an impact it's made them feel something as a result of connecting with it when people understand, when you're, when the value of what you deliver is clear, and when people understand that, it's huge. And it's just that, that just having that. I mean, my, my favorite saying lately is clarity is persuasive. Just that cl- natural clarity is persuasive. You don't have to be particularly creative. It's going to well, sound You don't have to be particularly creative. You don't have to be particularly strategic. But that clarity of messaging is just so persuasive because it helps people be able to process all that information about your company and then remember it to be able to act on it afterwards.
0: So you mentioned a couple of sentences a couple of times there. And I think that um, mainly many online copywriters are perhaps guilty of spending a lot of time on the body content and just writing As much as they can on researching that and making sure that's relevant and they've got the volume that they're being asked to produce, but probably not much time on the headline for the content. So what kind of mistakes do you generally see with headlines and what are a few tips that you could give to write headlines more effectively?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So with regards to headlines specifically, it depends on what kind of marketing asset that you're looking at or what the purpose or the goal of the, the campaign is as well that you're working on. Headlines specifically, a lot of headlines make the mistake of trying to do everything at the same time. So there's a current trend in conversion rate optimization, for example, where the, you say the hero section on the landing page or a home page should give the reader as much. It should tell every, every, people everything they need to know so that they can make a decision whether to stay on the page I keep reading or they can, or, you know, if this is something that resonates with them or if they should actually just bounce back, it's not relevant. But one of the, one of the things that's difficult is that if you do give away all that information in the hero section, in that headline of that, of the homepage, people judge the entire website then based on that one headline. And if it's not, it doesn't pull them into actually reading the copy. It doesn't make them interested in wanting to read more. Then they just they're going to bounce anyway. They don't think there's nothing worth for me. I, I know everything now. There's nothing worth for me. It's not worth me browsing the site, and they will actually go away. So one of the things a lot a lot of headlines make the mistake of is trying to do too much. So they become too broad, and then they become too fluffy. So it's like grow your business. Or win more customers and grow your business, or sell more online. Any company can say that. Any, co- it might be true. That's what your customers are looking to do. But really, everyone, all companies in the world are saying we're going to either make, we're going to help you make more time, or save more time, or make more money, or save more money. You know, save more money. It's all. It all comes down to be whether it's related to time or money. Everyone can say those things. So those headlines that are trying to encompass everything about the company are often going too broad, and then it becomes actually meaningless because any other company can make that same argument. Or they, just—they again, by going too broad or too high level, by trying to communicate everything about the company in that small section that you have, they're actually losing the attention span of people who are actually reading it. I'll just give you a small example. The, a company that I worked with a while ago, they were struggling the bounce rate was pretty high on their page i can't recall the exact number off the top of my head but the bounce rate was quite high for the for the home page uh, so what we actually and the the headline that they had was a very action focused it was talking about what you can do with the product it was like buy sell and high or something like that it was very very action three to five to six words fit all the headline requirements but people weren't staying on the page to actually read any of the other copy so what we actually changed simply changed the headline to was there's a better way to work with contractors. That's it. Like literally that's what we changed so there there's a the better way we'd actually say and then this subheading actually expanded a little bit on that but it still did it gave more context but it didn't give all the juiciest bits of information away simply gave them enough to understand what we're talking about here and what's the problem that the product is solving. And, the, and we did make any other changes on the page and they, uh, the CMO actually implemented those changes in the meantime and the it cut the bounce rate in half and it doubled the scroll depth and it uh, pretty much doubled the time on page as well that people were actually reading. So a simple a matter of making sure that the headline was actually pulling people into reading the copy, like there is something interesting for you to discover here rather than just saying trying to give them all the information up front. It's, again, it's like with a sales pitch. When someone goes with a sales pitch, they don't start rattling off a long laundry list of benefits of the product. People just lose, it's too much for them to process. They actually lose focus. And then the sale of, you know, the pitch often ends with a a customer saying, I'll think about it, and they go away. And it's the same thing with the, you know, the hero sections or with these headlines. I'll think, okay, it sounds good. I'll think about it. And people go away rather than, trying to pull them in gently, saying, look, this is something that we think is really, you know, this is something interesting, there's something waiting for you to discover here.
0: I love your example there. There's a better way to work with contractors. A really nice headline. You can just imagine it's it's playing to someone's challenge that they're actually having at the moment, but, but not providing the answer. So people do have to scroll down and actually find what the answer is and engage with your page a little bit more. What I'm thinking though, from that particular headline is it may make you on a collision course with SEOs. Do you ever butt head with SEOs to actually come up with um, content? And, um, and if so, how do you deal with that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So a lot of the good SEOs that I've worked with lately, they've, uh, they've been telling me to make sure that the page is first designed for conversion. That the pages are converted for actually with the Google's helpful content update that was released recently. That is the whole focus of SEO pages. So it's not just if it has the right terms on pages or the right number of long you know short tail keywords, long tail keywords, the right number repeated the right number of times. It's not a numbers game anymore. It's can the user find the pet, the information that they're looking for? Is the page engaging for them? So that's re- that's a and that's a huge indicator for Google in terms of how relevant that content actually is. So it's not just did we hit the right keywords, it's did we hit the right keywords plus is the page actually designed for a good user experience. So there, And there are creative ways that you can you can still work on hitting those keywords even if it's not in the H1 or if it's in subheading and throughout the rest of the page. There are things, for example, um, what we call eyebrow copy. So you'll see it sometimes you go on website website, there'll be a big headline, there'll be a tiny, tiny strip. Of a couple of words just above the above the headline, so it might have a couple of keywords in there. So you still get some keywords in the hero section, or uh, you make sure that the keywords that you're looking for are in the uh, are in the alt text of the image, or that they're actually in the subheading, or something like that.
0: There are many different uses of copy. And one significant use of copy for BDB marketers is email. So do you have any thoughts on what you see as good practice and not so good practice in copywriting for the medium of email?
1: Yeah, uh, so great, right, and it, that's, a, that's really a great point. The biggest thing that I find with email is, it, again, it depends on the type of email, for example, a, a cold email that you send that marketing is helping uh, create for their SDRs for their sales development reps to send out it's very different to nurturing campaigns that customers are sending or even the email regular email newsletters that they might be sending out to their to their list the one so there's a couple there's a couple of different things that play for example in the first example with with cold emails a lot of people try to sell in the cold emails but the cold emails should be looking as opening the door to a conversation. You can't really force a sale, especially the higher up the price of the the product, what it is that you're selling. You know, the higher the ticket price climbs, the more difficult. You know, the longer the sales cycle is going to be anyway. So, cold email should be looking at opening door to a conversation rather than trying to sell immediately. Likewise for um, for email newsletters and for nurturing emails that people might be sending. For nurturing emails, for example, if someone signed up for for an ebook or opted into a webinar, and you want to try and nurture them into a lead, that's I would take the same approach. For example, as a cold email, you want to open the door to a conversation, not overwhelm them with information or make people feel like they're being spammed. Again, it comes down to this idea of how much time does someone actually have to read. Process their emails. You know how many emails sit in their promotions tab unopened. How many you know how many emails do they actually get a chance to to read and go through in depth? You have to try and reach to a person. The emails that get responded to are ones that are opening the door to conversation. Ones that ask a question that is going to prompt that they're going to want to answer as a result. The general email copy, uh, like newsletters and things like that, it's just a matter of making sure that what you're sending is really relevant. To them is really helpful to them. Um, I was interviewing once a VP of marketing for another client who was a digital marketing agency. I asked her where do you go to get news and information from? You know, do you have email, you know, email newsletter that you follow? Do you have blogs that you like to visit or anything like that? And she said, "I just ask a friend." She said, "I don't have time. I sign up for webinars that I don't attend to. I download eBooks that I don't read." She said, "I just, I just don't re- literally have the time." And what, Though she said it for her, it's actually the same for all of us. A lot of us just, we do all these things that we'd like to do, but that we don't actually have any intent on following through with. So you can't try to force someone to have that intent to read or intent to buy. You can help promote it and encourage it. By like delivering them email newsletter content that's short to the point, something that's really interesting actually for them and really helpful for them, not just, hey, here's some company update. I, yeah, and just at the same time, making sure that it's personalized and relevant and it's something that they're going to want to read, something that they can consume quickly. You want to really help them get into a habit of engaging with your emails, that there is something interesting. they found something interesting in this email, the next email should also have, they will expect the next email to also be interesting for them. So try to figure out what matters to them the most and then make the emails about that rather than just... What the company is doing at this point in time. That, you know, there's all sorts of creative ways people can work through that. I saw someone uh, in a Slack group the other day, they said they mentioned they did something very, very, with uh, roped into the holiday season. So instead of encouraging people to so to encourage people to answer a survey that they wanted their email list to respond to, they did it and you were able to make a donation or they had like a secret Santa or something else going on so some people would get a prize. And so they made, they tied it in, they made it actually fun and engaging instead of just saying, we, we put the survey out, you know, if we'd like you to answer it. So it's just a matter of making trying to make sure that you're really trying to reach through to the person on the other side and not just sending something out because you have to send it out from a strategic perspective.
0: So let's move on from what works now to planning for the future. So in your opinion, what's the biggest marketing trend or challenge for marketers over the coming year?
1: I think the biggest challenge is definitely going to be differentiation. It's so, because right now what what has happened as a result of a lot of conversion rate optimization or even copywriting best practices is that a lot of companies are starting to sound the same. The, the, the space in the competition, you know, the space in uh, is getting more crowded, especially, for example, if you look at SaaS or Martech or anything, you know, any of these companies, the spaces are getting more crowded. Online spaces are getting more crowded, even though there are still multiple channels and places for people to market. Everything is so much more noisy and so much more crowded. So the only way to really make sure that people are going to listen to you is to come with a really strong and opinionated Message or a really strong point of view, a really unique, different direction, doesn't mean that the company or that the product necessarily is has to be better than a competing product. But in order to actually get that att- to get someone's attention in the first place, you have to have a very strong way of presenting that message. You have to make sure that you're using that you're really niching down and you're being very specific with your copy for the right target audience, not trying to again grow your business and win more customers, you know, win more customers and grow your business online because that's what everyone, literally everyone online can say, anyone who's marketing themselves online. But when drilling down to what that actually means, there's a better way to do X or here is one important thing that you can achieve or here's something, here's an idea that we want you to hold on to. For another company I was working with recently, so the idea is that they wanted to go down something, the path of let's be as broad as possible to to attract new customers. But after we worked together on the headline for quite a bit, we realized that by narrowing the focus, it would make it much more attractive. So the new headline, for example, became unlock your company's most powerful asset. So instead of coming from the approach, it's like keep your employees engaged um, and communicating with each other, it was actually unlock your company's most powerful asset. So it's you know, which is which is their people. So it's a real juxtaposition between between what they, you know, what sounds like it's trying to reach the largest group of people as possible. This is one a stronger message that's going to actually cut through that noise. It's still going to reach a large number of people. But it's going to reach more of the right people. It's actually going to make more people sit up and pay attention to what you're doing.
0: I've been your host David Bain. You can find Eden Bidani over at GreenlightCopy.com. Eden, thanks so much for being on the Strategic Marketing Show.
1: No, that's alright. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: And thank you for listening. Here at IFP, our goal is simple. To connect you with the most relevant information to help solve your business problems all in one place. Insightsforprofessionals.com